know you want, but don't get between me and the blood wine. Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. You are a hilarious feller. We're all very hilarious people. We have our we have our Why do you think we've been so successful for so long? I mean, especially successful podcasters. You know how hard that is. I was actually on uh, iTunes today and I ran out of podcasts to listen to. So I was just looking on there and I looked at, you know, like our ratings and everything. And then I noticed like they said, if you like this show, then listen to these other podcasts. And there was probably like 15 different Star Trek podcasts Mm -hmm. that were listed there. None of them last as long as us. (laughs) Well, to be fair, we did take a sizable break. No, but I mean, if you average it out. Most of them lasted like two, three years tops. Yeah. So this is two or three years more than most, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, for me, for you guys, I guess it was last month, right? No, I mean it's July. Yeah, we started July eighth. I think was our first episode in two thousand and eleven. So we've been uh-huh. doing this for eight years. Granted, we took like a, a two year break for a little bit, but yeah, it's been it's a hiatus. Yeah, well, because well, I mean, I had to figure out my life in Cincinnati, Ohio, and it was hard to record podcasts when you have. And I had a baby. Yeah. Baby. Everybody had babies. It was hard. I don't have a baby. Well, I mean, you had a that child. That you know of. Oh, you had a, Whoa. Secret, you had a secret pregnancy. <laughs> Hope my baby mama doesn't come after me for child support. <laughs> but, um, but no, yeah, so eight years we've been doing this. I was telling uh, someone today. It might have just been a Facebook Live. I don't know. It's all starting to run together. Kickstarter, man. That eventually our kids will just do these podcasts. Yeah. Because there'll, be so, there'll be so much Star Trek that our kids will do it. I don't know if Haley's super into Star Trek. Um, she's but, not into podcasting either. Okay. Well, then she's out. Yeah. <laughs> she's out. I have to ask her, though, just so she can be like, no, I don't want to. That would be nice, though. You give her the the chance because yeah. if, if you don't, she's probably going to get bummed. Like, I can't believe you didn't ask me. To I think it would be cool to have Jenny's uh, to have Haley on yeah. for an episode or two. So I think it'd be cool for her if if we did pass this down as a legacy show, for her not to be interested in Star Trek, and then that's the thing. Just through the whole show is like, get, make me interested. What shit I, sucks. I that. <laughs> ben, are your well, kids, which one? I assume your kids are interested, Ben. Right? No. No. Uh, the only one who shows... Dork Trek The Next Generation is not going to be interested in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> They're just going to be talking about anime. Well, I'm sure at this point people listen to this podcast and go, these guys even watch the show anymore? They talk about everything <laughs> else but... Hey, we talked about the show last week. I think we've been pretty good for the last month or so. We did. Yeah, because I've been gone. <laughs> no. no. Out. I they were really good episodes. Really good, yeah. And I, and I think, I, I might be going out on a limb here, uh, I think the... A saga continues of good episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like there's this weird, like, curve. Like, if it's a really bad episode, we're going to talk about it so we can make fun of it. If it's a pretty good episode, we're not going to talk about it at all. If it's a really good episode, we're going to talk about it the entire time again. Yeah, it's weird. You know? Yeah, so I imagine during Voyager, it's just going to be a lot of us talking. So start working on some bits. <laughs> we can <start laughs> workshopping some new characters and stuff. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so this episode is called uh, what? Sons and Daughters. Sons yeah. and Daughters. Of the Confederacy. No, Dennis. No. Of the Revolution. <laughs> Not the Confederacy, Dennis. Why do you always have to go there? You're such a such an old... Such a provocateur. Yeah, you're such a southern uh, or south will rise again kind of guy. <laughs> you're the Dennis Black and Asian, sons of the Confederacy. <laughs> Why don't you go back to where you came from? God, that's Cardassians. so... So fucked up. <laughs> back to where they came from. Go back where you came from, Cardassians. Ain't nobody wants y'all here. But now it appears that they want them here very much. Gold Ducat's doing a good job giving stuff away. Goddamn entitlement programs. I bet there's people on Cardassia that need stuff. They don't give nothing to them. <laughs> <laughs> He just wants open wormholes. We have just open wormholes, man. That's all he wants. <laughs> so you can let all these Jim Hadar through, man. They took our jobs. Dominion taking all our jobs, man. Go back to the Gamma Quadrant. <laughs> go fix your Gamma Quadrant first. Yeah, man. Why don't you go back to your, your pool of consciousness where you came from? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, go link with yourselves. Yeah, man, why don't you guys go link on the... Hey, man, why don't you fix your link first before you worry about our link over here, man? In the beta and alpha quadrants. But yeah, so... um, Good episode. Good episode. <laughs> you heard Ben? Huh? You okay? We, lo- we lost I, Ben. No, I just had to... Uh, Have a seat. Remember, remember what the episode was. Now, Ben, the way this is lit, you look like like an old uh, religious painting because of the halo <laughs> of light that kind of engulfs your head. He's using that. He's using that filter. The you know, what would you look like if you were a demigod? Yes. <laughs> Ben's using the apostle filter. <laughs> ben the bedheaded. Ben, oh Ben the bedhead, and Thank the Lord you. bestowed upon him. And the Lord spoke unto him and said, Take thee unto a pillow, <laughs> go thine bed. Walk amongst men as if thou wert still sleeping. Puff up <laughs> your hair ever so properly to look like you did not do anything to it at all. See, that was the thing. I wish intervention had lasted one more show because I was pretty much committed that the next time I went to that convention, I was going the full pajamas and bathrobe thing. And that was just going to be what I dressed all weekend. Like when I did panels, when I, you know, walked around, whatever. What's intervention? Is that the show? When did they stop doing that? Is that the con you guys used to do up in Maryland? Mm -hmm. Oh, they stopped doing it? Uh, Yeah, the one with, uh, what, Renee. Was it three years ago? Yep. Wasn't it? Yeah, it had. It was the one you guys were were going to do Doctor Who stuff up there, right? Don't they do, do they do Regeneration Who still? Mm Mm-mm. Oh, they're out that, of business. That, yeah. Hmm. That, that's not a thing anymore. Jenny made a face. I don't know anything about it. I would like I to know, know now. It's just, <laughs> it's just canceled. It got canceled. I, I looked at the webpage and it said canceled and that's all I saw. So I took my coffee and I stared out the window. <laughs> I thought about what had happened. I think they may have uh, leaned a little too far forward on that regeneration who one because like the very first year they had peter capaldi and uh not the first year no and somebody didn't they they mm-hmm. had somebody big the first year. 
They had uh, Tom Baker did like the Skype interview the first year. That was Tom Baker's first show in like ages because he's been in travel. I mean, you know, they had to fly out. They flew an IT team and had satellite (laughs) shots. I mean, it was like there literally was a team of technicians flown to Tom Baker's home. Yeah. To help him with the technology. I'm sure it was just Skype, man. No, that does, doesn't work that way. It's not that complicated. They had to reverse the polarity. No, yes. that's Get him some jelly beans. No, that doesn't make any sense. Now, did people turn on Doctor Who when, it, when Doctor Who became a lady, right? Like, is that when people are over it now? Is that why people hate Doctor Who? <laughs> the writing is bad now. <laughs> and that, 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 that's, oh, God, it pisses me off so bad. Because she's great. The, the, the rest of the cast is great. The rest of the cast is great. The writing is warmed over. Garbage. Well, then, but then to quote Michael Jackson, what's the problem? We, we need new writers in the showrunner. Okay. It was right. bad. I didn't even finish last season. I hated wow. how it was filmed. Yeah. Um, just the scenes it, like held too long and it was, I don't know. And I mean, like the, the, like how you can tell when something's 35 millimeter film or if it's, it was videotaped or whatever. And I don't think they're that, using film anymore. No, I, I know but I'm saying, but you know how you can tell though, when there's, they use different stock or different ways mm-hmm. of recording and the, it just didn't look like Dr. Who anymore. It looked like one of the BBC dramas or something. Or Interesting. My problem was that like the stories were paced really weird. Like the stuff that needed to be sped up, was really freaking slow and drawn out and then they would skim over parts of the story that were just like what the hell just happened like and and i don't know it just the way that the pacing that's to sum it up it was bad all right so it's not good but but what is good is this episode of deep space nine called sons and daughters um it, it starts out with what Worf is on his klingon vessel him and him and Dax are making out hard. I mean, there's yeah. some hard. I mean, there's definitely some like. Well, isn't this the the pickup from uh, from the last episode? This is like a direct continuation. Yes, there's uh, definitely there's definitely some genital upon genital through clothes contact. Yeah, call me daddy. There's definitely some. I believe it's called the kids call it dry humping. <laughs> wiggling the worm. Was there heavy petting? Uh, no, maybe through clothes. I couldn't. I didn't know where Dax's hands were. Um, hers were around Worf's neck, I think, like choking him out because Worf's a freak. <laughs> Some above the robe action. Yeah, yeah, yes. But, uh, over the robe. No, nothing through the robe. Over the robe. <laughs> but yeah, so they're making out, and because uh, they just got rescued from that planet, which was pretty cool. Even though they make no mention of the the. The Vorta. The Vorta. Where'd he go? I know we see him again later, but you thought they'd be like, yeah, we got that Vorta guy over here. But anywho. Um, throw him in the brig. Throw him in the brig. They need to take on some replacements, some new yeah. people, because I guess everybody be dying. And one of, them, one of them is Alexander Rojanko. Hey. But before that, one of them is Gabrielle Union. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Gabrielle Union. Like I noticed uh, when I was watching, I was like, oh, they, this is the first time I've seen a black lady be a Klingon. Because mm-hmm. what a black lady. Klingon women are, have been white women so yeah. far. And a lot of the men have been black guys, but it's the first time there's a black lady. Yes. 
what a hell of a black lady. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's like a pretty, Dwayne Wade's wife. Yeah, and, and she's an accomplished person on her own, Dennis. I know. <laughs> Dwayne Wade's wife. <laughs> and her name in the episode was Dwayne Wade's wife. No. And, and Garen. And Garen. But yeah, and then the other one is Alexander Rojenko, and he's uh, yeah, just Alexander. He's the original son of none because he doesn't claim anybody. I honestly never thought we would see him again when he disappeared, just like Jeremy Astor. Well, um, I guess they, they kind of talk about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they do. Uh, though, uh, he two things. I think they age him a little bit because when he left, when we last saw him on TNG, he was probably around like seven, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been that long. So, I think they bumped him up a little bit for the purpose of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, fair. there was a discussion from behind the scenes and the producers were if they had him age, you know, if he was younger than how he was in this episode, when Worf is trying to train him and stuff, it would come off more abusive. Yeah. With him being older, it makes it come across as him just being harsh. Yeah. Stop trying to hit me, you little pussy. Yeah. Stop trying to hit me harder, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so he's aged a little bit i probably like maybe five years because i want to say he's what like 17 at this point or something at least that's about right yeah only be, so like at the end of tng he's like uh-huh. eight or nine something like that right something well but no, end of tng in the beginning of deep space nine or the end of tng is like the third season of ds9 right yeah, he should only be yeah, probably like 12 yeah, he's like 12 or 13 or something. Yeah, but in this episode, he's probably, like, he looks like he's probably 18 or 19. Yeah. Maybe he fell in a wormhole or something and got aged. Maybe that's why, <laughs> that's why Worf was able to kill kids on the soccer field. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so big. great. I headbutt them to death that's with right. my giant head. But yeah, so he's a little bit older. Um, they age him up a little bit. And I don't know about you guys. But every time I looked at him, I just thought Owen Wilson. Oh my god! I don't know. Yeah, I can see it. I every see time it. I just thought it was Owen Wilson. Like he kind of looked a little Klingon Tom Cruisey to me. He looks Tom Cruisey too. There was a he had a Tom Cruise vibe as well. The, the Wikipedia thing has more of a Tom Cruise vibe. Let me see. I gotta look this up. Sons and daughters. Yeah, when you look up the Alexander Rishinko entry. Alexander, son of Worf. Yeah, he definitely, he, he's given off. Oh, yeah, Tom Cruise, too. Yeah, good call. He's definitely giving me a Tom Cruise. Mark Warden. They don't have a real picture of him. He hasn't really done much. He was in uh, Deep Space Nine, Felicity, Batman Begins, Brass, uh, Nash Bridges, Life According to Jim. Nash Bridges. Be cool, Scooby-Doo. But yeah, he was in uh, The Mentalist. He did a lot of TV, a lot of TV. But yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Tom Cruise, yeah, all the way. Yeah, I'm also getting uh, uh, Owen Wilson off of him. I don't know why, but that's... Wow. Well, yeah. Punk ass. Well, yeah, man. I'm like, uh, come on, <laughs> come on, Orf. What the hell, man? <laughs> that's pretty much what he sounds like. <laughs> wow. What's going on, guys? I'm I'm Luke. I'm Owen Wilson. My brother's Luke. Are you mocking me? That's a really nice sword, man. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> That's my best Owen Wilson impersonation. That's Pretty all. Great. 
It's pretty good. I, I still, I, I will still stand by though. What was it? Uh, that movie, the horror movie he was in. Thirteen Ghosts. No, there was something horror. like a haunt. There was oh, a, a house on. There was a fake one they did on SNL. The House no, on Haunted Hill. I think something like that. And the thing was, is that I'd never oh, seen him before, man. so that's the first time I saw him. And so through the whole movie, well, at the beginning of the movie, I noticed his nose, right? Yeah, you said you thought he had a, a prosthetic. So I waited through the whole fucking movie for some horrible thing to happen to, you know, because they obviously put this prosthetic on so that they could do a, a practical shot. And then it was like, oh, why did they give him a prosthetic nose through that whole fucking movie? Well, you probably have to wait until after the scene where he serves them all hot dogs on the, the train at the, the big dinner table. It's a joke for nobody. <laughs> Far out. I love, I love. Is that oh. the dar- train to Darjeeling or whatever? No. Think oh. Nothing but oh. trouble. Yeah, there'd be no hot dogs on that. <laughs> he, he was in The Haunting. The Haunting. Yeah. Oh, is that the one with, uh, what's that, that crazy looking lady? Oh, Lily Taylor. Yeah, Lily Taylor. Yeah. Wow, man, far out. Wow, that's. I, I did see where somebody replaced uh, the the what was it the lightsaber fight with Guy Gonjin and uh, Darth Maul, and all wow. of the lights, yeah all the lightsaber sounds are wow. Him. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, man. That, wow, that's a really nice. What do you call that, man? That sword. That's wow. Wow. I think one of my favorites was the one I shared the other day, which was. A, a tortoise that just goes wow <laughs> and then they put a, a scene of owen wilson right after wow wow he's great i love him i think he's wonderful hmm. i mean i, I may be different in the minority for different folks and that's what i'm and i'm totally cool with that but i love i love owen wilson he's yeah, like he's i don't great, he's, he's not great the in best. enemy lines he's not like the best actor ever but he's fun you know, he does what he needs to do in the movie. Dude, he's great in fucking Royal Tenenbaums. Like, he's so wonderful in that movie. Um, he's great in Cable Guy, even though he has that bit part. Like, what he, because what the girl comes in, he's like, You're sexy. What'd you say? You heard me. <laughs> like, he goes to the bathroom, he gets beat up by Jim Carrey. I love him. I love Owen Wilson. He's great. Wow, man. Wow. And he's definitely the, the better looking of the two Wilsons, I think. Unless you guys like Matt better is his name matt luke luke do you guys think who's more handsome luke or owen luke i think luke's more handsome yeah but he's he's more i don't know i'm thinking of like old school luke wilson i can get that i don't know what he's doing is he doing anything recently i don't that's the only thing i can think of him being. <laughs> that's all i know i don't know what are you guys giving me all these questions for <laughs> he's still doing a lot of stuff what 2018 he was in one two three movies 2019 he's in one two three four movies how are you in so many movies luke wilson he's in zombie land i can't believe they're doing a zombie land a second zombie land movie what yeah that movie is very old wow man wow it's a good movie wow. though wow man wow is mark zuckerberg gonna be in it too um i guess how do they get emma stone back like that's a tough get she's real famous now you know, you, you, you love the work. Wow, man. Respect Is that one of the movies where she kind of got her start? Yeah. That Maybe was... that's why. Maybe she's just like, you know what? She's I, I think I owe a little respect to this, this sequel. She was she's... kind of on the verge of breaking at that point. When she was close. Yeah. I'm trying to find her filmography. 
I'm trying to think who she is. Emma Stone is uh, not in La La Land. Uh, yeah, she's in La La Land. Yeah. Okay. Mary was, Jane Watson in. Uh, no, she was Gwen Stacy. Oh, sorry, Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because she's a redhead. She's yeah. fucking Mary Jane Watson. You stupid idiots. They should have switched her Stacey. with Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst was playing Mary Jane when she should have played Gwen Stacy. Man, don't be talking bad about the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. I'm not talking bad about it. I'm just saying that she should have been Gwen Stacy. Yeah, I quit. I quit. Jesus. I quit. I quit. The, the third one's pretty bad, though. I mean, yeah, the third one sucks, but I mean, those first two are... The second one's... The second one's first. the best ever. Pretty great. It's yeah, the second one. Uh, Mm, what do you Spider-Verse may be the best oh, Spider-Verse may be the best I just watched Spider-Man that recently yeah. Wow man wow I was on the verge of tears the whole time Yeah wow. That goddamn movie Wow man yeah wow Yeah Spider-Verse wow Amazingly I'm glad I watched it Cause I was like You know I can probably watch this with my son I was like no way this Yeah Fucking movie's too intense Emotionally <laughs> It was great I was su- very surprised how good that movie was I took the twins to sit in the theater, and Daniel is a huge uh, uh, Miles Morales fan now. Yeah. yeah. Wow, man. Always like Miles Morales. And Jonathan continues to be a huge Nick Cage fan because why not? Well, everybody loves Nick Cage. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're gonna love somebody, it should be Nick Cage. Zombieland was her one, two, three. Fourth film because she broke in with Super Bad. That was her first film. So, uh, super Bad. Then she did The Rocker, which I don't remember. Oh, that's yeah, I don't remember that. About and then John she Rocker. No, yes, it was about John Rocker. It was right the, the story of John Rocker. I, I no. thought it was the sequel to The Rock. It was with Rain Wilson playing like an old music guy, and then House Bunny. Oh, she was in House Bunny. And then she did Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, which I ain't never heard of. And then uh, that was a. Uh, Matthew McConaughey movie, if I remember correctly. Wow, man, wow. <laughs> I couldn't think wow, of Matthew Dennis, McConaughey's that, name the other day. Wow, you got a really good memory, Dennis. Wow, man. Wow. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. But yeah, so Tom Cruise shows up on the ship and he's all like, <laughs> I hate you guys. You didn't teach me how to bartend. You did, I wanted to learn how to do that flippy shit. Yeah. The shimmy, shimmy, shake. I wanted to learn how to have some flair. You never taught me flair, Dad. <laughs> now I'm just a regular bartender at Bennigan's. I had to go learn it from, what was the guy's name? Conigan? <laughs> I had to learn it from Conigan. And then he died. I was working at Space Bennigan's and I wanted to work at Space Fridays and do that flippy shit, Dad. <laughs> it was your fault. But show me the money, Dad. Yeah, show me the money. The color of money. Yeah, and then other movies that Tom Cruise has been in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh and then back i'm on, on this ship with my eyes wide shut dad <laughs> oh, that was a good one. <laughs> and it's mission impossible walking around out here with your eyes closed it's real hard i can't even see the vanilla sky <laughs> <laughs> i want to be the top gun klingon dad that's right because there's some days of thunder going on out here with all this war Real scary. It's like we're finding some kind of Mission Impossible 4 Rogue Nation. <laughs> now you're just looking at his Wikipedia page. You're I'm not. <laughs> I love Mission Impossible. I love those movies. You love Mission Impossible 4 Rogue Nation? I think I think actually 5 is Rogue Nation. Ghost Re- what about four, Ghost Protocol? Ghost Protocol, yeah. I think I stuck after 2. 
Well, that's that was the Jack. That was the John Woo one that almost ruined the series. Yeah. And I, I wanted to watch more. Every time one's come out, I'm like, oh, but yeah, I gotta go catch up. And then I just never. The rest are great. You should watch them. Are they better than the Fast and the Furious movies? Yeah, of course. Are, are you sure? Come on. <laughs> I could stare at my salad wilting, and it'd be better than the Fast and the Furious movies. I know, man. People be loving them, Jenks. Uh, not a fan. Wow, man! Wow, you don't I, I like I like movies where the wow. hero doesn't die. Wow, man! Wow. So like spoilers. Doesn't die. So edgy. Wow. Well, he died in real life. Yeah. So There's no more sequels. So they, didn't, they, they didn't script that part. Well, the thing is, they said they weren't going to do any more mo- movies, and they're like, "Yeah, let's change our mind on that one." Yeah. I'm. You know what? We're thing, gonna... I may actually have to go back and watch all of the Fast and Furious. Movies. Don't do it, Ben. I because I want to I I keep seeing these commercials for the the Calvin and Hobbs thing. <laughs> the, the Rock. I hope and, there's uh, an imaginary tiger. So it just that would uh, be really cool if Idris Elba was playing an imaginary tiger. Like that would be the role of his life. Like a, that's the reveal at the end of the movie. Yeah. He's really just a doll of Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> So to get that though, I figured I'd have to watch all of the Fast and the Furious movies. So I don't think you do. I think like The Rock is a police officer of some sort. He's a law enforcement agent, and Jason Statham is a criminal of some sort. And now they're going against a super criminal. And I think that's all you really need to know. Is, this, is it even tied in with Fast and Furious, or is it just using their? Okay, I thought it was just like their stereotypical characters. I think in another the official movie. title is Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Calvin and Hobbs. Yeah. So this is kind of like the Star Wars universe with, you know, a, you know, Rogue yeah, One, a Star Wars story. Gotcha. This is Calvin and Hobbs, a Fast and Furious story. Gotcha. Oh, it's better than uh, Star Trek Beyond. The next one's going to be Kathy, a Fast and the Furious story. <laughs> then after that, it'll be Izzy, a Fast and the Furious story. And then Family Circus, a Fast and the Furious story. Doonesbury, Fast and the Furious story. Foxtrot. Andy Cap. (laughs) People really don't know what we're talking about. Prince Valiant. (laughs) (laughs) They came up in a post I made the other day. But um, that was the last one you read. Hagar the Horrible. (laughs) Oh, I love Hagar the Horrible. It was always pretty good. Did but you yes. have like favorites that you would like go when you get this? Y'all read the Sunday paper when you were kids. Were, of course, of course. Yeah, peanuts. Peanuts was always front page material. Yeah. yeah. Well, because what then the Virginia Pilot? It was peanuts was first, and then uh, Garfield was right after that one, and then yeah, and then like you had like the little smaller ones underneath those ones. So you'd have like the Family Circus, and then uh, Far Side were kind of right next to each other. See, for us, like for us, Andy Cap was the third one on the front. Okay. Page. See, we didn't for Birmingham News, and this is how old I was. Um, on the the front page for Sunday, at least. No, is this was, for the white people, or because <laughs> I don't know if you guys had different papers for the for the if they were segregated. Ben's not amused. So we had, um, ironically, the colored uh, comics were for the white people, and the black and white ones were for the black. <laughs> See, this knows. So. No, so we had um, Peanuts was above the fold, and it was the full upper half. It was a full half page. Nice. Right? And for a long time, it was Garfield was the full half page below. And that went away and got smaller very quickly because Calvin and Hobbes then was the the full front. 
on, on the pilot, when you'd flip over, Calvin and Hobbes was the top one on the third page. Oh. So, like, they had kind of, I don't want to say junk, but they had a little bit more junk stuff on that second page on the, the second interior. page, I think, was usually like the two or three panel. Yeah. For like but then Calvin and, Hob- Calvin and Hobbes had the prime real estate, like, bang, right there. And yeah. for us, Prince Valiant was always the top half of the back page. Of, of, of the inside back like when you open it the the back page facing you yeah. was top half was prince valiant below that was like the scrabble and the you know the weird word surges the word jumble yeah and then on the back page was advertisements so advertisements mary worth a fast and furious story <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i had a very privileged life as a child with comics because we had the washington post oh wow. there was actually like two comic sections that's awesome. I think like yeah. one of them was uh, Peanuts was on the front and like Garfield was on the other one. And I want to say uh, like Bloom County or whatever. Ooh, that is yeah. good. What, like whatever came after on, that. On yeah. At some point. Yeah. yeah Doonesbury. So. Yeah, well, see the Washington Post though, that's a, uh, they're also, they, were, they used to be, I don't know if they still are because I haven't really followed it, but they used to be a syndicate. So if you were part of the Washington Post writers group, And he's coming back. Okay, I'm back. back. I'm back. I thought it was me. I thought no, it was my weird connection. It was me. Frozen. Too late. But yeah, so um, yeah. are we done we here? Talk about Star- we should talk about Star Trek. All around. Nine's all around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then back on the station, um, he brings his daughter back. Zial. Zial is back Zial. on the back on the station, y'all. Zial, y'all. And it's it's convenient timing, especially after the last episode, because they're getting they're planning their counter revolution to the whole Cardassian occupation of Bajor and the Dominion and all that stuff. So it does seem rather convenient that she shows back up. And she's an artist now. Yeah. Oh. Of some note. She drew the picture of the turtle in the back of the comics. Yeah. <laughs> Sent it in. And they were like, wow, this is and great. the pirate. Yeah, you got to do the pirate. Yeah. I can't tell if Ben's trying to be frozen. Or yeah, I was actually <laughs> reading about her art. Oh, my internet connection's unstable. I might be gone again. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Can you guys still hear me? My uh-huh. emotions are unstable. Uh-oh. Well, I mean, yeah, that goes without saying that. We all knew that, JD. <laughs> we just didn't bring it up because we didn't want to, you know, hurt your feelings. You don't want to make me cry yeah. on the show. <laughs> on the scene. Let me tell you the story about uh, Clark Kent and no. his uh, first pet. So, <laughs> first pet. It, I, I read that and, and it made me cry. And so, then he tells me the story and made me cry. Yeah. Oh, and Haley was with us at dinner too that night. The one about his, when he had the kitten. It's in one of the comics. It's It's just it's too i can't go through it again it's too emotional i would have to literally quit the show after that all right well we don't want that to happen exactly it's very emotional so yeah so now she's an artist of some note she's got a big surprise and she wants to tell she wants kira to come over to hang out to tell the news to have dinner and she doesn't want to go but she feels like she's obligated to go because of 
um, the girl. So she kind of goes and has it. Back. Really, it feels like these are the divorced parents. Yes. Like, having to yes. For Thanksgiving. And yeah, it was really awkward the entire time. Like, can't you just see that she doesn't want to be around your dad? And the ex, but and the, it makes it even more awkward because the ex husband is like a genocidal, sex crazed maniac. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be like if Ava Braun and Hitler had kids and they got divorced, but then they wanted to like hang out still. No, it would be like if uh, Hitler had a kid with Ava Braun and then Ava Braun dies and then Anne Frank helps raise her <laughs> and then survives and then you make Anne Frank like come over for dinner with Hitler. Oh, come down, sit down, we're having schnitzel. <laughs> It would be closer to. I, I would just. That was my take on. The, I mean, it's. I still get what you're going for. He gives her a dress with like a star stone on the sleeve. No, the voice over is is we're all friends now, yeah. No harm, no foul, right? Yeah. Would you like his shoes? Because I have so many now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus! Christ. Yeah, that was Don't too fucking much. trust a Nazi. That's why. I. I this is the thing with with Bicot there's three is, things you shouldn't trust Nazis big butts and smiles and gold Ducat yes yeah right space Nazi no I've had to have this argument with Star Trek fans so many times when they tried to defend Ducat and he's like well you know they're not just shallow he some people are truly we have to look at why he did the things he did like he did the things he did because he's a fucking space Nazi he's yeah and they do it and like and I think even sometimes the writing of the show kind of makes him um, kind of makes him more charming and 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 kind of and that should be your training of how to deal with Nazis because yes, they can be charming and charismatic and trick you and, and I think that's the uh, character street. trait that gets portrayed the most of Goldicott in this episode is his ability to gaslight people. Oh yeah. Like he's, he does it. He's his daughter is just totally bamboozled. Oh, I don't understand what. Uh, no, she. It's our, oh, I got this dress for you. Yeah. yeah. And then she's mad at Kira for not coming to the. Uh... No, I think at the end of the episode when they talk, I think she understands. Yeah. I I don't know. Like I kind of got this weird sense where she's like, "Don't make me choose between you." Like you can be friends with Kira and you can still like respect your father for whatever reason, even though he's a evil asshole, like you don't have to choose between them. Cause I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. I guess we're skipping around, but whatever it just, it, it annoyed me. Cause it's like, she shouldn't have to choose. Like she should still be able to be friends with her and just know that she can't invite Kira over to the house for dinner. Yeah, but I think what Norris is saying, but I think Norris is kind of pulling herself out of that because she doesn't want to be involved with any aspect of um, of his life anymore with Gold Ducat because she doesn't like him. She doesn't trust him. She hates him. She, and she's now actively working to overthrow him. So, yeah. True. Yeah. But I think she- that was the thing, though, is that, well, Kira finally had that snap because in the previous episodes, there's been this whole thing of you can't, you know, it's that that insidiousness of the Cardassians that that you find yourself uh, being a collaborator very quickly just because oh you get a little bit more bread or you get this favor over that favor and I think that's when she finally snaps in this episode with the dress that she realizes holy shit you know if I take this 
I'm, I'm going down that, that, that path. That's honestly what undoes this episode for me because it was so meaningful in the last episode when the lady hangs herself and Kara's yeah. like, holy fuck, I need to resist by all means necessary. And it's like she sees the all and she forgets all about it until she's like, you know, looking at the dress in the mirror and stuff. She's like, no, I think you? like there was like, the dress is what snapped you into that. Not the lady who hung herself. Oh, no, but the, the I think like that's, that's the connection though, is she's, she sees how easy it is to fall for it. And I think remembering the lady on the promenade and it's like, no, this is what it's about. This, this little shit. It seems like she shouldn't have slipped back that quickly to yeah. even be tempted to start falling for it again. Well, I, I think there is. Uh, even when Jake is like saying, Hey, I want to join your resistance cell or whatever. Like, it doesn't seem like she, they, they partly didn't want him to join because they didn't want him to get involved, but they also seem like they didn't have their shit together. They're like, Oh, yeah. we're still trying to, you know, uh, higher well, I mean, a resistance cell doesn't happen overnight, Dennis. This is <laughs> it should be for her. Look, we, we, we're, we've, we've got an ad out for a graphic designer. We're trying to come up with some <laughs> logos and stuff. We're going to put together some flyers, but until we get that shit together, we can't really start the resistance. So just like, just give us a little bit more time. Thanks. If you know anybody who is a graphic designer, like we can't pay them yet. Send <laughs> us some samples. And, Non-watermark really, samples, please. We can't We can't really give them exposure either because that's pretty much a death sentence. Mm -hmm. so, so you just have to do it for the love of the work. Yeah. yeah. And the hatred of the Cardassians. And now, I mean, it, and if it, you say no, honestly, you just told me. <laughs> if, if you if you survive the uh, new occupation, then uh, at a time, and hopefully the not too distant future, we make you like a hero of the Republic or something. Yeah. 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 You know. But, um, but now, I mean, sure you're invested in the resistance. And I think, and again, I think a lot of this is kind of conveniently time, like, because she has, uh, Nerese has such an affinity and kind of, uh, uh, I guess, love for Kial. That's why I'm thinking is like, wheel should be in motion by this point for something to happen with the resistance. But, and when she sees Zial, she should really be trying to say, hey, get the fuck out of here because the shit's about to go down with yeah. this resistance, you know? I can't not, really not so many words, but, yeah. I don't know. She might have just sold her out to her dad, though. Well, not, you know, on purpose, but Kira, it's for your own good. Dad can help you with this resistance thing. <laughs> <laughs> that does seem like something she would do. I'm sure if you just petition him with your demands, then, you know, you guys can come to some kind of compromise. Yeah, I'm sure if you just ask him, he'll totally help you out. Dad said, just give him a list of everyone who's involved. <laughs> and once he sees the list of names, yeah. he'll be like, meet oh. With one of them individually. With that many people, you know, protesting, obviously something has to get done. He maybe gather you all up together in the old primary and have a meeting and discuss it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so we did skip around a little bit. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's how that ends. Where she what's the what's the beast? Is is the Zial thing the B story? Oh yeah, the A story. Okay. Yeah, the A story is clearly Worf and Alexander. And sons comes first. Sons is the A story, yeah. and daughters is the B story. And then Alexander is having a tough time on the ship. Like people are making fun of him because he's a punk. Yeah, he is a punk. Well, yeah, well that's what I'm saying. Like no, I'm not saying that. Like yeah, as like I was trying to sugarcoat it. Like no, he's a he's a straight punk. Like he's not a Klingon warrior at all. And Worf knows this. Everybody knows this, but Alexander, I think he's suicidal, to be honest with you. 
think he wants to die. He's a poser. I think he's just trying to prove that he's a real Klingon. But he's, he's not. like deep down inside, he knows it's not true. I mean, I we all know that. He said as much last time we saw him. He's like, I don't want to be a warrior. I want to be like an artist or a musician or something dumb like that. And Worf was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Get out of my face. All right. I'll never see you again. <laughs> and, and, I mean, and, is this the, is this the Qu- Klingon equivalent of becoming a stripper? Like, I just need your t- attention and validation, Dad. I never got, never got your love, and now, now I'm a wannabe warrior. Worf sees all the Klingons slipping uh, gold press latinum down his thong. He's like, no, <laughs> no son of mine. He's just a punk, and everybody knows it. And everybody's beating him up, and they're treating him like a, a bitch. And then they explain what happens. Like, yeah, he's not very good at being a Klingon. I tried to train him to be a Klingon. He didn't really want to be a Klingon. So I send him to live with my parents in on Earth, the Rojinkos. Yeah. Where he learned to be a Russian farmer. And then poor, he's not even a good Russian. Yeah, and then poor, I, you think he'd have an accent or something, but, and then poor Martog is like, oh, great, I got to deal with all this shit. You got this, this, this fucking Moripovich shit. That's what he I'm says to shit. him. He's, that's what he says to him, basically. It's really awesome. Oh, Jesus, you two fucking dickheads. <laughs> so, yeah, so he just gets beat up, and then... Um, He's fucking up. Like, he leaves the the drill simulation. Which was really running. funny. Yeah. yeah. Scared the piss out of everybody on the ship. Yeah. He's keeping them on his toes, like, keeping them on their toes, though. Well, see, Look, that's kind of where the crew started accepting him. As the ship's fooled, Worf says. Well, at the same time, I mean, they were like, ah, we, you know, you'll keep, like you said, you'll keep us on our toes. Oh, you know, it's just like, and like Martok said, he won't make that mistake again. It's true. It's true. Warning. Yeah, because they're going to move him to the galley. Yeah, because he'll be <laughs> dead. Because if somebody's going to kill him, because he's incompetent, <laughs> he won't make that mistake again because I'm going to kill him. Yeah. His I'm next Mart- mistake will be locking himself in the engine room. Because I am Martog and I kill stuff. I I tripped over my tools and and then I fell yeah. and the the door shut and I accidentally hit the lock. And... What an embarrassment! I think that was more of a of a a happy accident because then he didn't have to go out and fight anymore. This episode should have ended with Worf saying, "You know, I really think you're more Starfleet material." <laughs> bum 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 bum. bum. <laughs> I'm going to give you the number of Wesley Crusher. Yeah. Give him a call to the Academy. He did so great there before the Traveler fucked his career up. Yeah, you should really go hang out with the Traveler because no one wants you here is basically what happens. Yeah. You know how I'm a little old for him, but the Traveler is still probably, you know. You know how I never hugged you when you were younger? You won't have this problem anymore. Well, Worf, (laughs) I mean, I mean, he kind of lays it out for him, though. He's like, you abandoned me, just like you abandoned everybody. Like, you went off and did your military stuff, and you forgot about me, and you don't give a shit about me. Sent me away. You sent me away. Me, 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 me. You sent me away. I'm a space millennial. I need attention. Why doesn't anybody in space love me? (laughs) I'm killing space Applebee's. To be fair to Alexander, which I am never usually, <laughs> his, his mom was murdered and his dad 
took every opportunity to dump him off on other people. Whenever that's not true. Him. He tried. He tried. For like half a season. I mean, but that's all you have. Yeah, like you can't make the show about Alexander and Worf's relationship. Who would watch that? Spot. Fucking Spot was on the show more than Alexander. Well, maybe because Spot was a more interesting character. That's true. Probably easier to get along with. The cast really liked Spot. I heard they didn't like it. Uh, uh, The actor who played Rojenko. But yeah, Yeah. so he... Brian Bonesaw. Yeah, so he's kind of, you know, Worf can only do so much... He tried to train him and he's like, I don't want to do any of this stuff. So he's like, all right, cool. Well, this ain't for you. So let me send you somewhere where you can learn how to fucking farm. There's more fucking farmers in the 24th century. He wanted to be an artist or whatever. Like there's plenty of trades to learn on the enterprise. He could have stuck around. Not when he's like eight. What's he going to do as an eight-year-old besides go to school? Yeah, go to school and like make stupid clay figures. And Wolf was like, I ain't got time for this. Could have went to drama classes like everybody else in Starfleet. That's right. But he had no, he was more into like crying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he had the other kind of drama. Wow, man. Wow. Like, I'm just so sad all the time. <laughs> it's like, wow. It's like, the wow. thing that was that the, uh, the Jim Hadar really do show up. It's like, ooh, space battle, reaction, fire. Wee! <laughs> I believe at one point he does say we. But he he does realize that, you know, everything's getting kind of blown to shit and he kind of doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And he's like, I'm no good to you here. There's a lot of fucking hesitation on that bridge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know I'm used to seeing the Enterprise or the Deep Space Nine and these are more mature officers and, you know, but it's like you're on the front lines and these guys are, there's a lot of hesitation between, uh, it's uh, this and it's like, I, you know, you need a beating just so you know that that's not acceptable. Well, I, I think part of that too, though, is they're showing the inexperience of the crew. Like, because these are a lot of younger kids. These are a lot, these are the replacement guys. Like they don't know their fucking elbows from a hole in the wall. They're a bunch of morons. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but Mark knew what she was doing. Well, she she's knew. a, she, yeah, she's a fine black woman. That's why. She don't need no man. But um, it also shows the awesomeness of Martog that he's able to kind of whip these boneheads together because he's such a cool-ass dude. Do you think that's why they sent him to uh, Martok? Because they know that with him being the experienced leader that he is, that uh, he'll well, be he the... turn around the loser crew of the Rotaran. Yeah, he's, and he's the best. Uh-huh. And he does the best. He gives the best speeches and stuff. Yeah, just awesome. Like one eye, it looks really cool when he's talking to Alexander. When he's fucking flinging his weapon all over the place, he's like, "Why are you here? <laughs> Do you ask this of everyone?" He's like, "No, I know why they're here. I can see it in their eyes. You're a punk." <laughs> I clearly said no pussies al- aboard this <laughs> ship. Yet here you are. There's two signs. One of them is a fat chick with a line through it. The other one is a pussy with a line through it. Both of those things don't belong on this ship. <laughs> and you're clearly breaking one of those rules. Do you see any fat chicks around here, Alexander Rojango? I don't because the sticker works. <laughs> so we're transferring you. Get the hell out of here. But my dad, he's like, yeah, your dad's right. You're an idiot. Leave. Now I see why he got rid of you. Yeah. Your dad and I were talking about this. I mean, he, he's not going to talk. He's not going to cling on. We took a vote. We don't like you. Yeah. You've <laughs> been voted off the island. You've been voted <laughs> off the ship of losers, so get out. Because you're a loser. 
How bad is it that he's too much of a loser for the losership? Well, this is this is Martel. Martel is like, hey, we got a reputation to maintain here. They were the losership. Now they're the awesome ship. Now they're a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! And they do a good job. And they they, I mean, you had one bird of prey defeated two Jem Hadar beetles. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know. Martog did some cool flying. Yep. He blew some shit he hit up. Hit the brakes, which is a that's a Tom Cruise move. Yeah, yeah, that's highway from to Top Gun. Right there, oh, hit yeah. the brakes and let the let the MIGs fly over them. Mm-hmm. But you think someone would eventually would be like, "Hey, when they stop, you stop." <laughs> They've been doing this move since the 20th century. In the film called in another film called Top Gun. Yeah, that hasn't made it to the Gamma Quadrant yet. Yeah, that's that's too many light years away. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it works, man. This is a, this is a good episode. It's right. I like the last one better. Well, yeah, of course, uh-huh. the last one's great, but this is still a good one. I mean, you get a nice little, and they're just kind of, you're just getting more layers now. Oh, now we've got, you know, uh, what's her face on the station now? Cool. Oh, Worf's son is back. Oh, cool. It's just they're continually building this kind of world. I just look at this as like a world building episode. Uh-huh. That's a good point. There was one little nitpicky thing that has no bearing on the story whatsoever, but um, when, when what's his name, Jake was um, trying to join the resistance, and he was like, I know things, I, you know, I, I hear lots of things because I'm a reporter, and they're like, get out of here, kid, you don't know shit, and then, um, what's his <laughs> name comes up, Quark, uh, Quark, Quark comes up and says, well, you can, you can work for me as a waiter, and he was like, I don't want to do that. And I'm thinking, like, if you want to, like, learn stuff and overhear things, that would be the best possible way to do it. Like, like if you're playing D&D, where do you go to find information about stuff? You go to the tavern and True. you listen to people. True. Like, that would have been the best thing for him to do. He could have found out all kinds of information for the, the resistance. Yeah, but who wants to be another failed writer waiter? Like, there's so many. It's such a trope at this point. That is a good point. I can think about that. <laughs> yeah I, i'm a waiter now but like i'm working on my novel i mean yeah you know i write some 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 articles for a website i mean i don't get paid but it's exposure yeah like, so oh is jake God. a blogger i mean the novel is <laughs> kind of a blogger i'm you know the novel's coming along i mean i you know i kind of hit a hit a point uh, because i mean i really didn't know what the uh, what, what the what the secondary characters were really doing uh, and so they're not really speaking to me right yeah, now. so right now i'm kind of waiting tables until you know i can get back on on the horse the novel and stuff. might become a space barista for a little while yeah. they See really need to open a coffee shop on the promenade yeah. that would help his writing career yeah i'm gonna i mean maybe i'll sit in quarks with my space word processor too many dabo yeah. tables though well i mean it's a good distraction because you know sometimes i'm not really feeling motivated so I'm gonna, you know, go sit down and yeah. do. Well, you gotta get your mind off of things for a little bit when you're trying to start the creative process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let the get... ideas flow. Yeah, flow. <laughs> I feel very attacked right now. Well, so do I, Ben. Hey, but I guess, <laughs> it, I guess that process works for Jake, though, right? Doesn't he write like one of the most awesomest novels of the 24th century? In an alternative history. Yeah, I don't know if that still happens. Yeah, because in that alternative history, his dad died. His dad's still alive. So who knows? For now. For now. 
Dun, dun, dun. Wasn't that though? Uh, I think somebody did a video about that. How everything goes back to that episode, like all the major bad stuff and, and millions of people dying, all goes back to Jake saving uh, Ben. Oh, because there was no Dominion War in that reality, right? <laughs> and so, like all this stuff, you know, everything. It's was always high. the black man's fault. Fucking bullshit. They always find a way, man. I know. They always find a way to blame the space black. He should have just gone back home. <laughs> to space. <laughs> to go back to Louisiana. Go back to space. I won't go back to my shithole planet where I came from. The one cool thing I will say <laughs> about the episodes is um, when they pan, because you know how they do the exterior shot of Space Nine, and you're like, oh, I know who I'm going to see now. It's not that way anymore, which is very cool because, like, I've been my brain. I think is that's been, why they have like all the Dominion ships flying around. It's who you're reminded. I know, but my brain still thinks like, "Oh, we're going back to the station. Where's Julian?" And we go back to the station. Like, oh, these are just a bunch of spoonheads. Okay, interesting. Wow. What's well, I mean, that's Rachel what they—that's what they are, dude. That's what they are fucking spoonheads. It's fucking sold out the spoonhead cardies. Yeah, but yeah. So every time I'm like, "Oh yeah, cool." My brain has been trained. And it's interesting to think that they don't have like a home at this point. Yeah. Like the, the crew, the, the bridge crew of Deep Space Nine is just scattered throughout the galaxy. Yeah. Like they're on their own little missions, doing their own little thing. And it's a really interesting dynamic to do, you know? Like would another Star Trek show survive without it just, it's ship and crew together like this. They I mean, don't, all like, the other ones, with the exception of the original series, are named after the ship. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. And I like, and they've done such a great job, like building up the secondary and, and like third characters at this point, like the third tier characters, where you can have entire and like you don't see Julian. Like, do you see Julian for a minute? And what's what's he doing? Him and Miles are bitching about, oh man, the food here sucks on this Klingon ship. Oh God, these beds are awful. Because Miles is a spoiled, rotten little bitch who just, hey, this is awful. I don't like any of this stuff. I hate all the, I, the food bed. My bed's not comfortable. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, but you're a whore. Be happy you're alive. Although I will say, O'Brien is the only one who's like a grizzled war veteran from the group. Mm-hmm. So he might just be doing that to weed out the other people to see who agrees with him. He's, Shut up, so that he say, Oh, you think this is bad? Back in the original war with the Cardassians, we had to do this, this, and that. That's a good plan. Maybe he is trying to do it. He's doing this so he can like talk about how great he is. Yeah. It's a good plan. I could see that, yeah. O'Brien seems like that kind of guy. <laughs> At least you're not married to Keiko. <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I finally translated their kid's freaking name after, what, 30 years or so? Yoshi? Yeah, well, you know what his name is, though, right? What is it? Kira Yoshi O'Brien. The, his first name is Kira Yoshi. It's one word. But it's Kira Yoshi O'Brien. And it, it gives him Kira Narisa's surname. Yeah, because she carried him. Because she carried him. But then Yoshi, which is, I guess, a traditional Japanese name. Mario's friend. Yeah. So, Yoshi, so you've got For Yoshi. dragon lizard guy. Yeah. Well, you've got Yoshi O'Brien, which honors his father's tradition. And then you've got Kira Yoshi, which honors Kira's tradition. And, I guess, his mother's tradition. With this, you know, Too many traditions. 
It's, what about what about Hank Williams, man? They got a family tradition. They got that. that. Well, I don't ask me Hank. Why yeah, but I didn't get I this do. until like earlier this week. <laughs> I've been watching this show for how long? And it's just like, Kira Yoshi. It's great. Oh. It's a wonderful program. So, uh, Dennis, what do, you, what do you give this episode, friend? I know uh, you guys talk really glowingly about it and everything, but this is like a six for me. I mean, six is still good. I didn't buy the whole Kira thing. That kind of annoyed me after the last episode because I thought she should have been more invested in the resistance than it seemed like she was. Have you ever fucking started a resistance, Dennis? It doesn't happen overnight, Maybe. man. Maybe. Graphic designers and flyers, Dennis. Wow, man. Wow. Dennis is a revolution. Gotta get the business cards. Wow. How are you going to introduce yourself? Yeah. What do you think? It's all just secret handshakes, Dennis, and winks? <laughs> And hand signals? Hey, somebody's got to come up with those fucking secret hand signals, too. You got to get a person for that, Dennis. It's not <laughs> easy. They could do the research, make sure that the handshake that they're trying to do isn't, like, trademarked by somebody else. I can, I can understand them not, like, carrying out attacks or sabotage or whatever, but I can't understand her not, like, keep getting sucked back into thinking that things are normal. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the girl. I don't buy it. Right. I'm just saying it doesn't work for me. Right. It's still a six. It's still good. I know. I'm not hating on you, Dennis. Jeez Louise. Sorry. Are you over there hating on me? <laughs> All right. So what about you, Jenny? What do you say? Um, you know, I thought it was a good episode, but I, I think I also had some problems with it, like Dennis. Um, and See. like for a Klingon episode, like it wasn't as good just because I don't, I'm not invested in Alexander at this point. And I'm like, I, whatever. So I'm going to give it a seven. All right. Um, ben? Uh, yeah, I'm going to split the difference with a 6.5. Yeah, I'm going to say it's... Uh, yeah, I, go I, 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 like, I like the Kira stuff. Um, I can see how... I mean, it's just like what we're dealing with right now where you've got to be careful where you just go into this... You know, you just accept the new normal and you forget to keep fighting. So you, you've got to remind yourself every now and again. To That's a good point. Good point. And... It, it's easy to fall into that. Just I just want to get up, go to work, do my shit, and come home and not deal with it one day. But, you know, then shit snaps you out of it every now and again. Um, but then at the same time, this reminded, the Klingon side of this reminded me of what I hated about TNG so very, very much. When TNG toward like season five or I want to say maybe, where it became the happy Klingon hour. Mm -hmm. and it was like every fucking week. It was like, oh, here's another story exploring the very interesting interworkings of the Klingon culture. Let's let's learn more about the fucking Klingons because that's <laughs> what we want to do. Jesus, fuck that shit. Oh my god, I hate Klingons. And on DS9, for the most part, is like okay, Racist. but I kind of like how they explore like. <laughs> When the old school Klingons came on and, and, and Dax went on their blood feud hunt with them and it was really cool and, and Worf is okay. But then it's just like, yeah, but now you lost me. This is just ODing on it and then you bring Alexander back and he comes with all those fucking anchor memories from TNG of how much I fucking hated him. And it just, so yeah, so that took it down, but the Kira stuff actually brought it up for me a little bit, so that's why I said 6.5. Uh, I'm going to say a 6.5 as well. Um, I didn't like... 
I didn't, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't in Alexander. I just didn't, I mean, the story's cool. Like, I, I think just, Alexander would have worked better if he was like wearing a, a flannel shirt and some ripped up jeans, maybe. Yeah, like, I don't understand, like, and like, he never really, you never really get the reason why he's there. Like, he never, I wanted him to just come out and say it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like they just kind of did a good, like, they just beat her, they, they, they kind of beat it around it. Like, he was looking for the approval of his father. Uh -huh. um, I don't know. I just, yeah, I can't see him lasting very long in this war. Like, if he lives through the rest of the series, I'll be shocked and amazed. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a weird callback. He has to live through it, though, doesn't he? Then future Alexander came back before. Right? Yeah, but time is fluid. But he did on TNG. He came back in. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, but when he came back on, so he's gonna become like a great warrior. That shit ain't gonna happen. Well, he at least dresses like a great warrior. A punk. Like I don't understand. Like you're faking, dude. Everybody knows you're full of shit. Like you're just an idiot. Yeah. I don't know. You're a Klingon named Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. How great can yeah. you be? Alexander the Great. <laughs> Alexander yeah, but not Alexander the Great Klingon. Alexander, yeah, Alexander the not so great Klingon. <laughs> so, three quarters Klingon. But I mean, like, you know, I don't know, man. I just, I just, I really wanted Alexander just to come out and be like, I, I'm doing this for you, Dad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that relationship could have had like a lot more depth. It had, it could have had some more like emotional impact if they're going to bother to bring him back. But it was yeah. just, he was just there. And then at the end, he's like, I will teach you how to be a warrior. If, so pretty much we're never going to see Alexander again. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, no, I think you see him again. I think he pops back up. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that goes against the mold of Worf taking people under his wing. At his funeral. <laughs> <laughs> and like Alexander, Alexander flew, flew back to his home planet. <laughs> never to be seen again. I think it would have been better suited if he would have died. Like, you know. And Worf was like, I've always been proud of you. Yeah. I thought that's what they were going for. It would have been an easy way to wrap that up. Like, no more Alexander. All right, cool. He's over. He tried could to be have a ended with a, an awesome Klingon death scream. Yeah. Like, he tried to be a warrior, didn't work out. Now he's dead. <laughs> so, I don't know. But whatevs. I liked it. I thought it was, it was, it was, it was an episode. Like, it was an entertaining episode. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's the episode, everybody. I hope you found this episode of Door Trek entertaining. See what I did there? And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. So thank you for listening. No one can hear that, Dennis. You audibly have to say goodbye. In space, no one can hear you wave. <laughs> We're in space? Space. I don't understand. <laughs>